fruits of the Spirit, and we have worked through love, joy, peace, patience, and last week Jordan shared about kindness out of the Scriptures. And Jordan had this really great little analogy for you guys, and I I really loved it, so I'm going to steal it and use it again. Um, But while we're in the middle of the fruits of the Spirit, we kind of get to like these middle ones, like kindness and goodness, and we tend to think that they're the small ones, right? I mean, love is huge. Self-control is huge. And so Jordan said, we tend to think of these middle ones like they're just a normal pickup, like Larry drives, and love and, and self-control and patience, those are like those big mining trucks, right? They take up half the parking lot. And we kind of tend to think that way. So I'm going to say the same thing, except I'm going to use fruit. We tend to think of you know, kindness and goodness here in the middle, like it's a little blueberry. And that's pretty close to the size of a blueberry. Can you guys see that? We tend to think of it like, like it's a blueberry, and we look at patience and maybe self-control and love like it's one of those giant pumpkins, right? And of course, this isn't a scale because you can't fit a skid steer on, on the screen, right? But the thing is, all of these... <laughs> are giant pumpkins, if you want to use fruit, or they're big mining trucks, if you want to use trucks. Every single one of these is not a small or a little fruit that God has given us, but these are all giant things that should be a part of our lives as Christians. So when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and we talk about these kind of small ones in the middle, I don't want you to think about them like they're small. I want you to think of them like they're the giant pumpkins. I don't know about you guys, when, when I was a kid, they used to have that giant pumpkin-like shooting contest on TV. That was the coolest thing. But think of them like they're the giant pumpkins. And today we're going to talk about one of the giant pumpkins in the middle, goodness. Goodness. But, you know, goodness is kind of a tough one, because we, we use it in our culture. In fact, actually, we might use good or goodness quite a bit more than we use some of these other ones in our culture. Um, maybe, maybe you know some people that are good. Maybe you got a good guy, right? You know a, a good guy. Or I know a good guy for this. Or maybe, hey, he, he's just a really good guy. Or they do a really good job on this. That restaurant is really good. That food is full of goodness. Say that or not, right? Goodness. So we use the term goodness a lot, and this is probably the most important one. Who's a good boy? Who's a good girl? We got some goodness. Some of you guys might have a couple of goodnesses at home, right? But what really is goodness? See, we use it um, kind of often in, in our culture. We use it at home when we talk to our doggies. We use it to describe people that we think are good. Maybe they're good at what they do. But what is goodness? Well, I think, like I've said about a lot of these other fruits, goodness is another one that is not just surface level. It's not just about puppies and good meals and good guys. It's, it's so much deeper than that. And I think true goodness comes from the heart. I know I've said that about multiple of these fruits. But true goodness comes from the heart. It comes from the spirit of who you are. So instead of being surface level, I think it's, kind of deep. Goodness is kind of deep. That's 
part of what goodness is, but still, how do we define it, right? I think the best way to define goodness is the intent behind an action, but we still kind of struggle with defining goodness. So what I want to do with my sermon today is I want to talk about this fruit of the Spirit that God has given us, goodness, but I kind of want to help define it a little. And I think the best way to define goodness is to share what characteristics of goodness are within the Scripture. When, when God talks about goodness, what are some of the things associated with it? Because if we can look at some of the things associated with goodness, we can try and practice them, right? God has given us goodness, we can try and practice the things that good people have done throughout the Scripture. That's what I'm going to kind of do today. I want to look at the characteristics of goodness. If you would, we're going to be hanging out in a couple uh, chapters today, but I'm going to be looking in Acts chapter 11 to start off with. Acts 11 verse 23. And this points out one of the first characteristics I found when I was digging through Scripture about goodness. One of the first characteristics I found is that faith and goodness work together hand in hand. Faith and goodness, believing in God and goodness work together hand in hand. Acts 11, starting in verse 23 through 24, this is how the English Standard says, When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted all of them to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. So we kind of picked up in the middle of a chapter here in Acts chapter 11, but we're talking about a guy. Did you guys notice that? For he was a good man, and he was full of the Holy Spirit and faith. So we're talking about some dude. And this, this dude is named Barnabas. If you look a few verses before, um, Luke is writing about this guy named Barnabas. And in Acts chapter 11, he's, he's writing about some of the characteristics, and he kind of praises him, right? He saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them to all remain faithful in the Lord and steadfast. And then we get kind of the word we're looking for, right? Barnabas, Barnabas, he was a good man. We would even say that to this day, right? We know some good men. He was a good man, but also he was full of the Holy Spirit and why did I want to look at Barnabas, and why is the first thing I want to share a characteristic of goodness is that it works hand-in-hand hand with faith? Well, I think in our culture, sometimes people think goodness will get you there. But it's not just about being good, right? You can be a really good person, a really good dude, and serve lots of people and take care of people, but if you never meet Jesus, and you never accept Jesus and, and become a part of his family, you're still missing out. You're still missing out on salvation. You might be a really good person, but I won't get to see you in heaven. What a sad statement, right? You got to have the faith to go along with your goodness, or else your goodness is just empty. But there's also the opposite side, too. 
Because I bet if we were all really honest with each other, we could probably all say, I've met some people with a strong faith, some good Christians who weren't really good people. It's sad that we could all probably say, yeah. See, if you don't really have the goodness to go along with your faith, your faith also seems pretty empty. Because people who are true followers of Jesus are good people. Those shouldn't be exempt from each other, but rather they should work hand in hand. So a characteristic of goodness that I want to point out this morning is that goodness works hand in hand with faith. One is empty without the other both ways, right? So, quoting in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, this one's out of the NIV. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Why might we want to add goodness to our faith? Because faith is empty without goodness. Just like goodness is empty without faith. The very first characteristic I want to share is that faith and goodness go hand. I've got a couple more, though. Faith and goodness go hand in hand, but another characteristic of goodness is that goodness is full of love. And I know we've already talked about love because it's the very first fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the giant pumpkins, right? very first fruit of the Spirit, we talked about it, tried to define what love is. But I think one of the ways you could define what love is is you can define it by goodness. You can define goodness by love. So just like faith, I think love is one of those things you can't really separate from goodness. Romans chapter 12, you might find we hang out in Romans chapter 12 quite a bit today. Got a paperback Bible just tab there, okay? Romans chapter 12, verse 9. This is out of the New Living Translation. Paul says to the church in Rome, don't just pretend, don't pretend to love others, but really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Right there at the very end, we have the buzzword we're looking for, right? That's all Harold does. He just types a word into the Bible. We have the buzzword. We're looking for good, goodness. But on our way to good, it's the very last thing. What is Paul talking about? He's talking about loving people. And he writes it, and I, that's why I picked the NLT. He writes it in such a, a challenging way. He's telling them, really love them. Don't pretend to love them. Don't just surface level love them, but really, really love them. And how can you really, really love them? Well, you can hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what good. So how can you really love people? Well, you can practice goodness. And how can you practice goodness? You can really love people. Again, they work hand in hand. You can't really have one without the other. So to help us on the struggle of defining what love is, we can say it's goodness. It's being good to people. It's doing what is good and clinging tightly or holding tightly to what is good. Goodness is love, and love is goodness. Characteristic. What might be another one that I can find in Scripture? Well, we read about a guy named Barnabas. And the cool thing about when you're looking for goodness, you find characters in the Bible. And this is really, really fun. 
So I found the next character, and this time it's a girl. There's a girl in Scripture that's talked about as being very good or full of goodness, and you can find her in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, verse 36. And the characteristic of goodness I want to point out in this lady we're going to read about, this girl, is that she was charitable, and that was part of what made her good. She was charitable, or she had charity, and that's what made her good. So Acts chapter 9, verse 36, we only get two verses about this this girl, and verse 36 is talking about how good she is, and verse 37 says, and she died. That's kind of a bummer, but we only have two verses about her. But here in Acts chapter 9, verse 36, it says, Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. That's a rough name, I get it, but it actually means in both languages, she is the gazelle. That's actually a beautiful name. We just don't get it. So, Tabitha Dorcas. She was full of good work and acts of charity. So what do we know about Dorcas slash Tabitha slash the gazelle? Well, she was full of good works. She was good. And the works were full of charity. Acts of charity is what ESV said. So Luke takes the time to describe Barnabas as a good man. And then he takes the time to describe Tabitha, or Dorcas, as a good woman. And how he describes this good woman is that she was doing works of charity. She was acting on charity. And charity is kind of one of those things that we as Americans actually understand a little bit about, especially from right about now until the new year, right, to get those tax benefits. Um, The holiday season is a time of charity. We're very charitable and giving. So we understand what charity means to some degree, right? It means giving to those in need. It means giving. It means taking care of those who are in need. And the Greek word that's used here for charity in Acts chapter 9 is actually, let me find it again here, it is actually the word compassionateness. Compassionateness, right? That's a hard word to say. But what does that mean? Well, It means having compassion, okay, specifically to those in need or those who are poor. So what is Tabitha or Dorcas, what is she doing? She's specifically giving to those or having compassion on those in need and those who are poor. Charity is a good word. We understand what that word means, right? So part of her goodness, what made her good, a characteristic of goodness is that she gave to people in I think it's safe to say that we could say one of the characteristics of goodness is charity. Giving to them in need. Full of charity and full of goodness. All right, I'm getting there, I promise. I've got one more characteristic I want to share with you guys this morning, and it's the fact that goodness, a characteristic of goodness is We've also talked about peace already today, but we've looked at it from the personal side of things. I'm going to talk about it from the interpersonal side of things. If you don't know what that means, that means how you interact with others, right? 
goodness, a characteristic of goodness, is peace or peaceableness or seeking. The wisdom of the psalmist in Psalm 34, verse 14, he would write and say, Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So, how do you do good and how do you flee from evil? Well, part of the characteristic seems to be here. You must seek peace. Be on the lookout. Pursue peace. Try and be peaceful. If you want to be good, you want to be full of goodness, Psalm 34 would say, be peaceful. Oh man, I'm so glad this one's easy. Okay, we're not very good at being peaceful people, are we? I don't think it's just an American trait either. I think it's a people trait. But we, we are encouraged if we want to have goodness, be a peaceable people. Have peaceness in our life, if that's a word, right? Be peaceable in our own lives. And Paul would say that to the Roman church, just like he did on these other topics in Romans chapter 12. Like I said, hopping back to Romans chapter 12. Paul's talking about how to live a Christian life and how to be good, and he talks about living at peace as well. Romans 12, verse 17 and 18, he says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. means everybody. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Or your version might say with all all people. Man, what a short, easy, simple little order he gave the church. As far as it depends on me, live at peace with all people? That's tough, right? Tough. That's a tall call. But I think it's something we need to practice. Something we're not great at, but it's a characteristic of goodness. You want to be reviewed as a, as a good person? Well, part of that needs to be practicing the peaceableness of all people. Yes, that means the people in traffic. Yes, it means those service workers that just never quite do it right. Yes, it even means Jordan at the tire shop, even though he handed you that bill. I've seen those bills. They have four digits every time. That's his goal, right? Peaceable, everybody. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I think that is a characteristic of goodness, and I think that's what Paul is trying to teach the church in Rome as well. But so far we've got characteristics of goodness. If we want to live out this gift that God has given to us, we've got what? We've got, well, love. Charity. Peace. And faith, right? It works hand in hand with faith. It's all about love, charitable, and now it's peaceable. What is my last one? That's what you guys wonder the whole sermon. When's he going to get to the end, right? Well, here's the thing. You might have already caught it because it's been in a bunch of these verses. The last one is that goodness or good is never evil. I know it seems like, well, duh, right? 
But evilness is never goodness, and goodness is never evil. Evil is never good, and good is never evil. They cannot be the same thing. You can't have one mixed in with the other. They're completely opposite, right? And you might have noticed that in some of these verses. No evil for evil, but do what is honorable and good. It's like they're opposite, right? You might have seen it back here, too. Turn away from evil and do good. It's like they're opposites, right? That's because goodness is never evil. Paul would say in that same Romans chapter 12, verse 21, he would say, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We kind of get this just in one sentence, this image of a fight going on. We've got good and evil fighting against each other. One is going to win or overcome the other. That's how fights work. If nobody wins, it's no fun. What Paul is saying is, do not be defeated by evil. Do not be overcome, but rather win. Overcome the evil with good. So, what's a characteristic of goodness? Not evil. It's not evilness. It's never bad. It's always good. And I know it seems so simple, but man, sometimes as humans, we try and mix them together a little. Even in our daily lives, if you were to just ask somebody on the street if somebody was good, go up to them and say, hey, do you know this guy? Is he a good guy? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, I saw him help an old lady across the street the other day. And he said, oh, okay, well, I just wanted to let you know he murders his family. And he did, like just yesterday. He's a good dude, though, right? The answer from the person on the street would now change if they believed you, okay? You weren't goofy like me and they really believed you. They would probably not think he's such a good guy anymore. Murdered his family. Even in our world, we know that goodness and evil are opposite. And Jesus would say the same thing. Matthew chapter 7, I'll, I'll let you read it at home. It's Basically, where I'm going to be talking about is Matthew 7, verses 17 through 20. But Jesus is talking about trees that bear fruit, which is perfect for the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Jesus is talking about trees that bear fruit. And yeah, we've hit this, I think, a couple of times now in the fruit of the Spirit sermons. But Jesus says that a healthy tree will bear delicious fruit, but a bad tree... An unhealthy tree will bear either bad fruit or no fruit at all. Bad trees, bad fruit. Good trees, good fruit. A good tree will never have a bad fruit. It'll always have fruit. But a poison tree, a bad tree, will never grow fruit. So what do you do with a bad tree? Well, you chop it up and throw it into the fire. Chapter 7, no sense in having a dead tree. You want a tree that is living. So it gets thrown in to the fire and is burned. And James would quote this as well from Jesus. So what's Jesus' point with this? Well, again, you can't have good and bad on the same tree. It doesn't exist. 
a bad apple tree that half the apples are bad on, or an apple tree that half the apples are bad on, is kind of a bad apple tree. You can't have both together because good and evil are opposite. So, what is the characteristic of goodness? Not evil. Evil doesn't even come close to existing around it, right? The goodness. Goodness is kind of one of those little ones in the middle, but really, it's not. It's a big one. It's a big one that we get the opportunity to practice as the harvest of the fruit of the Spirit. God gave us these gifts. If you haven't been here for some of these other lessons, the fruit of the Spirit is the, the fruits and the gifts that we are given when we become Christians, right? Acts chapter 2 would say that you are given the gift of the Holy Spirit at baptism. Now we're talking about the gifts and the fruits of that Holy Spirit. So God gave us love, joy, peace, kindness, and goodness. And more, but we'll talk about them in a minute. He gave those to us, and so because we have them in our life from God, we now have the challenge to go and live them for other people. We have the challenge to live love, joy, peace. Kindness, goodness, all of them. We have the challenge to go live those and to show Jesus other people. So, how can you live out goodness? Well, my challenge is, and I think how we can live out goodness is we can live out the characteristics, right? We can be good people, but we also need to be Jesus people. Faith and goodness go hand in hand. Don't be that Christian that isn't a good person. It breaks my heart that we can all think of a couple. So have the faith and have the goodness together. How do you do that? Well, live out love. Live out love. It's part of goodness. Loving on people and taking care of people and charity. Giving to those in need. I think that's a good way to practice goodness. Maybe the toughest one of all is practice peace with other people. Peaceable to all men. That's a good way to be a good dude. Good way to practice goodness. To be peaceable with people. Even the difficult ones. And then if you really want to practice goodness in your life, you want to be good, you cannot mess with evil. Because evil and good are opposite. Goodness and evilness can never dwell in the which one are you going to let in? Which one are you going to be filled with right now? Filled with goodness. Your life built on Jesus. Incredible. Because goodness can change lives and goodness can change your life. The last thing I wanted to say today is, you know, we're talking about these fruits of the Spirit and how you get them as a Christian. Not everybody is a Christian. I get that. So, if you're, you're hearing this, you're not a Christian and you want to be living real goodness, but you know it takes the faith factor too, I invite you to talk to one of us. There's lots of people who want to talk to you about faith in their lives. So feel free and find one of us. But my challenge this week is, how can we live out? Let's think about that as we stand and sing this last song from Ben. Just as I am.